0: Welcome to WARN Radio, with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings. This is a Friday edition of WARN Radio. Sound the shofar. I'm the Watchman Dana Smith. Tower is off, and for over two decades we have been On Radio, Satellite, Shortwave, on our websites, and currently we are at warn-usa.com and danaglennsmith.com. Most of our shows that we do are in-depth, very fast. Uh, They're one-hour shows, and they're targeted for the mobile audience uh, around the world. And there is a purpose behind that. Now, all current correspondence and inquiries of inquiries of broadcasts of the WIBR, um, you go to our website and get on our contact page. Social media, you can find us uh, uh, hashtag WatchmanIS216 on Facebook and Twitter, hashtag Warren Radio on Instagram and Twitter, slash, uh, uh, hashtag Watchman on LinkedIn. And hashtag WARN Radio on both the new ones, MeWe and USA.life. You can listen to the broadcasts over Blueberry, Our Heart Radio, iTunes, Player, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, WARN Radio, Visions, Podcast Attic, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and Podchaser. You can also go to our websites. We embed all the shows on the websites, and we have articles that go with them to further explain what these shows are about. A couple of articles we're looking at today, uh, Body of Christ, Presses Toward the Prize, and Enduring Hope, No Continuing City. During this time of crisis, these are good articles for you to read. So check them out, lots of scripture in them, and uh, they will help you to keep focus. Today, we are in a new series, Faithful Saints, Steadfast Faith, Pursuit of Christ, Part 1. There is no doubt that the devil, there's one thing he doesn't want, is society to get uh, to the point where they're really interested in following Christ and being too serious. And there's a lot of hatred out there, but there's also a lot of people that are finding deliverance and salvation. Whenever you have something good, you'll always find the opposite, which is evil. Now, in this study, we begin in Colossae. It was a city in Ferga on the Lysias River. And uh, it branched off another one called the meander. I like that word, that word meander. Do you go out and meander around uh, three miles from Mount Cadmus? And they give the height of that is a little over 8,000. That's pretty good. Although where we're at, you know, our mountain here alone is over, what was it? 85 or 9,500 feet. So we we have a lot of very high mountains where we are, but. 8,000 feet, that's a good height. It uh, stood at the head of a gorge and two streams would come together. And uh, it wasn't too far from Hierapolis or Laodicea. And uh, you would know the Laodicea from, of course, the Laodiceans, the message to them in Revelation. Paul mentions about having the word read to the Laodicean, the church in Laodicea. It's an interesting thing when you look at the historical and biblical accounts of the places where the apostles in the early church was. And according to many people who study this, they say it's not likely that he visited the place in person. But it was evangelized or Christianized or however you want to put it uh, through Epaphras and Timothy. And it was the home of Philemon and Epaphras. And, of course, Philemon, um, you would recognize him. Colossians 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's an interesting thing when we talk about Paul. He's probably one of the most popular ones we, you know, have really uh, read about, was Paul. He wrote a lot of the New Testament. But when you get right down to it, you know, Peter has a couple of epistles, Paul has a whole bunch. But you put it all together and you have an account of how alive the experience was in following Christ. And he was indeed an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. It wasn't Paul's will because he fought the church. And he said himself that he did it ignorantly, you know, he didn't know. And he always classified himself as, you know, a chief of, uh, chief among the sinners. And uh, so Paul willingly admitted all that, but... You know, he went from persecuting the church to serving and working with them. You know, when he before he became a Christian, of course, he was well known uh, and had contacts with the high priest and a lot of the others in uh, the faith of of Hebrewism or Judaism. And once he became a Christian, a believer, he started preaching the gospel he once hated, you know. And instead of, you know, trying to haul all those people that would listen to the gospel, you know, in, which was one of the things he did, he actively sought to see him delivered and come to know the Lord. I mean, a total switch around here. And of course his... He was father in the faith to Timothy. And Timothy was a strong believer, too. And of course, when you're in the Roman Empire, when you think of Colossae, you think of vast, massive columns, you think of images and, you know, all kinds of things. Um, Now, Eventually, Colossa did decline. Uh, other cities around him, Hierapolis and Laodicea, actually increased in importance. And uh, there are a lot of Jews living in 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 the place. I find that interesting. You know, when you really think about it, there was a lot of Jews scattered throughout the Roman Empire, and uh, they weren't just in the Middle East. You know, before. Uh, Judah had been scattered. They were just in Judea. I mean, just in, um, you know, where Israel had been given all the land. Pretty big place. And then they were split into two pieces. Two tribes, the northern tribes and uh, Judah. And they were both carried captive. But then when you look at Judah, Judah itself was uh, went into captivity for seven years and, and then came back. But the Jews, there was some when they went to uh, Babylon, they actually stayed in the area there in Persia, and to this day, there's there's Jews in Iran. Even Iran, as much as they hate Israel today, uh, even the Ayatollah came and out came out and says we don't hate the Jews. He says it was Cyrus, and he even talked about Cyrus. I talk about Cyrus, too. He was the Persian king who God called his anointed and used him to deliver the Jews, which he did. And so there were Jews there in Babylon, and then some Jews went back into uh, Judea and into Jerusalem itself where, where they wanted to be. And uh, they did build that temple to rebuild the one that was totally destroyed. And, of course, so by the time uh, that Paul is really working, this is in that second temple. And the Romans have all all the stuff. And so everywhere from uh, Colossae, Laodicea, all along the coast, you know, go upward or downward. Wherever you went, you ran into the Roman Empire. Now, one thing about Colossa, they had a wool called Colossanus, and they believe it was a purple in color. I've never heard of it before. Um, Now, their religion, it was in the worshiping of angels. Now, you try to think, there is a belief You know, when we talk about angels, angels are those created beings meant to work with the Lord in his purposes and to minister unto us the heirs of salvation and to put forth the policies of the Lord God and to make sure they're carried out. But when you get in the modern times and, you know, and even further back when we talk about worshiping of angels we get into all kinds of ideas about the worshiping of angels Uh, there was a story a while back that i read true story of uh, a group of uh, i think they were muslims not muslims but uh, mormons and uh, they would all meet together and pray and they were all wanting a visitation. And one day an angel showed up, and uh, they were all thrilled. But eventually it turned into a mess because eventually this angel didn't turn out to be the way they thought. The angel commanded two of them to go kill some of the others, which they did. They were commanded to do it. They ended up getting prosecuted for it. But the angel told them that, you know, if you don't do it, I'll kill you and your family. But at any rate, these these people went through with it. And later they did... Uh, the story came out and that's how I found it because I read their testimony but uh, and that's been years ago but you see if if an angel does appear to you as one Jewish prophet told me he says when these entities appear to you you wouldn't know the good ones from the bad ones and so you have to test them and of course there are some that appear that can actually bring death with them when they show up. They these are definitely demons. And they do have voices and they want to kill you. And those can also be rebuked in Jesus name. And you have to understand that there is power and that in the worshiping of angels, that covers a lot of territory here. Now the reason I brought that up is because Paul actually deals with that, and uh, the center of the angel cult, is, is as some people call it, uh, Colossians two eighteen, that no man begu- beguile you of your wo- reward in voluntary humility and worshiping of angels intruding into those things which he has not sane and vainly puffed up in his fleshly mind and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increaseth with the increase of God. And when we look at the worshiping of angels from the standpoint of the apostle and, and the people, you know, you can actually look at it could be a term meant to include not just your regular prayer, but the worship of God and, uh, and all the associated appearances along with that would be Christ on the throne, the father on the throne, um, cherubim, all kinds of angels. Uh, you see um, saints, all these things when you get into this realm Can be that, but there's also an entirely other realm that is familiar spirits, that is new age, and a lot of other things. And so I don't recommend, I don't recommend at all this worshiping of angels, as some people call it. I don't think Paul was encouraging things like a lot of people think he was. I think that there was a lot of false teachings in this regard and Paul and the apostles had to fight it. And of course you find that higher level of awareness, that next level of mankind. I mean, there's all kinds of things out there, but as believers, we also work in the realm of the supernatural and we do have that supernatural portion of angels and the worshiping of God. But yet the whole context is just a different, just the worshiping of angels. It was eventually uh, decimated in an earthquake in 60 A.D. That's kind of interesting because that's about around the time that Jerusalem was hit by Titus. It had a lot of various uh, um, invasions and everything like that happen to it. You know, you have uh, Rome, of course, and there's the Saracens. You had the Turks. Then eventually it was relocated. They never did uh, excavate it. They think they know where it's at. That was as of 2015. Who knows whether it has But the thing when we, when we talk about faithful saints and the steadfast faith, if you were to be a believer in the Roman Empire, just like you, a believer today, you are surrounded by idolatry, every kind of sin you can think of, more enemies you can shake a stick at. But there was a rule of law. So when Paul and the boys would go around, of course, they had women with them too. um, It wasn't uncommon for radical Jews to find him and to stir up the crowd where they were to persecute them. I mean, here we've got people that, ever since Trump's been elected, even before he was elected, um, they were trying to get rid of him, the leftists and the dims. I mean, they just never quits. So now they got another committee going. They're going to do the same thing now. You know, and if, you know, never stopping to give anybody a break. It's vicious politics at its worst. You go around the world, you find persecution on Christians from the communist government in China. A uh, detrimental, one of the worst persecution on Christians coming from Kim Jong-un and North Korea. And continued persecution, even out of India, who claims to be a democracy on Christians and in Pakistan and many others. It just never stops. There's enemies everywhere. So you have to be in tune. You have to be faithful. You have to be steadfast. And you have to pursue Christ. Now, see, when you're in areas like India and Pakistan, North Korea, China, many other places in Christ, wherever you live as a Christian, there's danger everywhere. But God is everywhere. And so in the Roman Empire, what began in Jerusalem is scattering throughout the entire known world. And the thing about the Roman Empire, they were big and they had laws. So even if you had an enemy, you had to be careful because you could wind up in trouble with the Roman laws because they were there to keep peace. They didn't want trouble. If you wanted to cause trouble, they would take care of it. And so those that they conquered, as long as they were willing to do what Rome says and give them their portion in payments, Rome would let them go. If you were some kind of a faith, as long as it didn't advocate the overthrow of the Roman Empire and stuff, you you were good to go. So in the beginning, the opposition came from the Jews because, well, I think one of the most important reasons there is Paul himself was a well-known Jew, and he converted and began... You know, just bringing people to the Lord and establishing churches like nothing else. And, of course, within Jerusalem, Peter and James and a lot of the boys were still there. And they were going around as well, spreading the gospel. And, and you know, it was really doing a lot. God was really blessing. And so the Jews that were in the temple, you know, from the high priest on down, they were really, really concerned. They thought they had gotten rid of all this with the death of the Lord. But when he was resurrected and then the Holy Spirit came, signs and wonders continued to be done, and they didn't know what to do. So when Paul and everybody started going around, and this included after a while Peter and all the others... They would follow them around. They'd try to cause trouble for them, They'd try to get the local population stirred up. They would try to get the Roman guards to grab him and put them in prison. All kinds of things. Just constant all the time. So Paul is writing here and he says to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are as Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from, our, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the one thing you'll notice in almost all these, you will always find our God and our Father in the Lord Jesus Christ. You will always see that, which ties the Father to the Son and the Son to the Father. You can't have the one without the other. That's just the way it is. And if you don't like that, that's too bad. That's the way it is. (laughs) That's the way it is And he goes on to say We give thanks to God and the Father Lord Jesus Christ praying always For you Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have to all the Saints now there's one thing That the apostles taught and that is By this shall you know And this is what the Lord said That you are my disciples That you have love one for Another now, see, Paul had heard of their faith in Christ Jesus, probably coming from Timothy and some of the others that were bringing back word because they didn't have the Internet. They didn't have social media. Their social media was, in fact, a carrier that would usually carry a letter on parchment, in a you know, in a bag uh, from one place to another and cause it to be read there. And uh, other things was just a uh, firsthand report from memory, you know, they would just tell them what they had seen and what was going on. So since they had heard, they began praying for him and that there was indeed love being spread out to all the saints. Now, see, you're in the Roman Empire here. This is, this is a big, big power. They, they've, you know, they're pagans. <laughs> they're idolaters. They're fornicators. They're, they're men and men of war. Women of, of. Uh, of uh, of a certain breed, they have to be tough. And, you know, there's a lot of things that went on in the Roman Empire that was not kosher with the Christian religion in any way, shape, or form. But the thing of it is, it's amazing how the gospel went out from Jerusalem and how all of the roughshod Gentiles come along, <laughs> You know, former idolaters, thieves, every kind of person you could think of. And they find Christ and start to change, begin loving. And you think, dear God in heaven. I bet the Romans was wondering, how could this person have done that? How could that have happened? And, you know, this is the power of God within these kind of situations. Now, we see the exact same thing happen even in North Korea. Some of our recent shows, we've discussed it. You'll have to go back and listen in our archives uh, to that uh, concerning North Korea. And China is another one. And we've been discussing China on our shows for a long time because there's a lot of faith there. Uh, There's a lot of mean, nasty communists, but... uh, you know th- there's a lot of people that are truly deluded in china you know they really are china has you know they're really their civilization um you know who they are and how long they've been there a long long civilization they have a massive history uh, just like japan does but it, it it's all built in the things of the flesh that they have develop one thing that china's been able to do as far as healing all kinds of healing herbs and and uh, every other kind of thing through the ages they learned what the herbs and the various things that they can do the apothecary can mix up and so that's that's an important part of of the chinese medicine that's very very popular but you see that's not able to save you that can heal your body but so when Christianity really started spreading in China, it spread. And at one point, we reported on this when it came out. And this came from major ministries who was monitoring it at the time. And this has been years ago when they said that there were now. They estimated that there were more Christians in China than there were communists in China. And, of course, the communists hold the rules. So the communists started cracking down. Now see in the Roman Empire these these Christians face the same thing. You turn around and there's a harlot wanting to want to take your money if you go to bed with her. You have uh, all kinds of drinks and drugs, all kinds of parties, all kinds of everything all around you, and there's thieves. Of course there's a way to make money, there's a way to get money, there's a way to own own slaves, there's all kinds of things going on all the time, commerce and And there was war. So there was a lot of things happening. But in the middle of all of this, this Roman Empire, they had provided a way for the gospel to get around. You had common roads because Rome had to move its troops. That's one of the most important things it is if you're a kingdom wanting to rule like Rome did. They not only had to send the troops, but they also had to be able to send the supplies whenever the troops needed them. And they had to keep the roads safe from crooks who would kill them. So they, they got that to the point where there was safe travel, pretty much. And the Roman roads were there. There was communication. Uh, there was a civilization in a civil society. There was a government. There was, God forbid, a Senate. A law-making body. They had all of that. You look in America, and many times uh, people have compared America to the Roman Empire. And, in, in, you know, a long time ago, we when we're talking about prophecy and the coming of uh, what we used to call the Antichrist back then, I don't call him that anymore because that's not scriptural. There's a lot of Antichrists. Uh, the one coming is an Antichrist, but he's a lot more, uh, he's worse than that. And, of course, we have those terms in the New Testament, the correct uh, verbiage of it. Now he says, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of love, which you have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, where have you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is coming to you as it is in all the world and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you since the day you heard of it and knew of the grace of God and truth. Now, you see, it come unto you as it is in all the world. Now, of course, that was the known world that they uh, understood it to be. That everywhere, you know, that they were, the known world around them, wherever they would travel, this would be, they would get down into Africa and into Egypt. They would uh, uh, go throughout, you know, in back of them into Persia. They would go throughout all of the region of Palestine and all the outer regions where Turkey is and the whole nine yards. And they would uh, get into a lot of the other regions as well. And they would go on up into Greece. They would get to Rome. They would get to Spain. They would move inward and into the pagan areas eventually. Uh, Then they would also go the other way into India and, uh, pakistan and you you get over into the far far east and get into china because there was a road that you could get to china on Uh, and this road is how a lot of spices came back uh, and other things came back from china making their way back into italy And so it it wouldn't have been uncommon at all for the gospel to have spread that way through the same route that a lot of them had traveled, which took them from Italy all the way into China, you know, over mountains through, you know, Mongolia and every other thing. So this gospel and the hope. was revealed in the word of the truth of the gospel. That's why we need gospel preachers today, folks. You need to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not here to make sure everybody has a psychiatrist, a sociologist, and every other kind of ologist. The gospel is what we need the salt of the gospel has to be spread. And as it is spread, it brings forth fruit. And yeah, when you begin to see the gospel's success, you see the enemy coming in like a flood. When you see a country like America, who has had massive revivals and a foundation of Christianity and see it begin to wane and become lukewarm, you see the enemy coming in like a flood to take advantage of it and try to uh, take the early generations of the adults and try to turn them into little heathen right away, corrupt them right away, which is what they do, which is what they try to do. And uh, there's many uh, examples of that in America. So... If they can get the kids, if they can get to them and corrupt them, destroy their innocence before anything else, then that generation will be lost until God redeems them, until someone breaks that by the power of God. That's why in America you need the gospel, not more hypocrites you know not more hypocrites Uh, and you might think well in the church no i'm not worried about the hypocrites in the church it's hypocrites that are making the laws the ones that are up there that want to make godless laws like they did in new york one of the worst abortion laws that has ever been so if a baby's born outside the womb they can murder it didn't used to be that way used to be and I remember reading the testimony of a nurse, and she said that in in the abortion procedure, you had to kill the baby inside the womb. If you brought it outside of the womb to kill it, it's murder, and you can be prosecuted for it. Now, well, at any rate, guess what? New York is, was the one with one of the worst uh, laws in abortion. That's the shedding of innocent blood. There's a lot of blood that has been shed. And there's the curse on that blood. And guess one of the worst places hit with the COVID-19 was New York City. Go figure. And you can look at some of the first cities hit. They're all liberal cities run by liberals. Now, you can take that what you want to, but I'm here to tell you that God is not going to let the world and its viewpoint and its immorality go unchallenged forever. He laid the groundwork and he gave the word in revelation 22 after that it's up to you to decide so the word had to come to all those in the roman empire and the people bringing it had to take the gospel and they had to get it to them in spite of the troubles and the persecution the gospel in the end of days that we have today it's got to go forth And this gospel shall be preached in all the world for a witness. Then shall the end come. You talk about the end, it ain't coming until this gospel has been preached in all the world for a witness. So the question is, when does that officially reach the entire world or the world? And that is a question that um, is a very good one. Because when we think of what is the world technically in that particular prophecy, does it mean every people group in the world? That's not what it says. But it has to go in all the world. Well, we've been doing that through satellite and shortwave, through internet for a long time. Does that count? Yes, that counts. But is that going to be enough? Is is the truth really here that we have got to make sure we get it to individual people groups? Well, the people are in the world, but yet we do have to strive to get the gospel to those people groups that have never heard it. There's some, even in India, that are animists that have heard of the gospel, they know of Christians, but they don't want to do anything. There's a lot of peer pressure, there's a lot of political pressure, there's a lot of persecution that goes on, and many of the animists, along with the uh, Hindus, actually will persecute Christians there and their families quite a bit. So, It's a cost over there. But see, even in the confines of this battleground that we see going on, we see miraculous things and miracles happening and people coming to the Lord. We see the enemies of God coming to the Lord, just like Paul, who was an enemy of the church and the enemy of Jesus Christ, is coming to the Lord. Now, Paul studied the scriptures you know, he was a Jew of the Jews. He he kept the law blameless, a Pharisee of the Pharisee. Yet he, uh, along with the high priest, and none of them, even though they knew the origin, all the all the languages, they knew the scripture inside and out. They still did not recognize Yahshua, the Messiah. Now, of course, there is an Isaiah and prophecy, and that has to do with their blindness, their delusion, which they were in. But Paul eventually did come to the Lord. So this is, you know, before you can be steadfast in the faith, you have to have the faith. And in order to have the faith, you got to hear something to make a decision on the faith. See, all these are pertinent. And in order for someone to speak that, they've got to be sent. Now, most of these words are stuff that Paul had said. I just said them a little different way. But it's true. Even in America, the message has got to go out. Well, the message of the good news of Jesus Christ in America has been preached uh, as long as I've been alive and even before. Matter of fact, it hasn't helped any. We've had you know, Franklin Graham's dad, Billy Graham, when I was growing up, he was a regular staple on TV. And he went everywhere preaching the gospel, massive crusades. He went everywhere, even overseas. And for all the stuff that he did and everyone that made a decision, we have generations of pagan Americans, evil, wicked, unsaved, godless, immoral. We got a swamp heap of hedonism. And so there is a truth that you get to the point where they reject the love of the truth. Which Paul prophesies about in 2 Thessalonians. And then God will send a judgment, which is mentioned there in 2 Thessalonians, but it's also mentioned by Isaiah. It says, because when I called you did not answer, I will choose your delusions and bring your own fears upon you. So make no mistake, there is a state in America today where godlessness and wickedness is now the law of the land. But one day, as in many nations, God will judge the nations. And it will end. Until that time, this gospel going forth. And there will be people that will hear. There will be people who will be redeemed. And God is going to continue miracles. And for all those famous prophets out there and apostles who tell you that the spirit of God is going to be removed, it's not going to be removed. That's ludicrous. One day when Christ comes, we'll all be with him. But even in the millennium where the Lord is going to rule as the greater son of David on his own throne from Jerusalem and this will happen and he will rule and reign for a thousand years to fulfill scripture promised uh, to David even then he will rule and reign on the earth and the spirit of god ain't going nowhere so there's a lot of things that that people teach that you know are more church tradition than truth another one of them is the rapture the Lord is coming back but boy I'll tell you there's a whole pile of them including uh, you know I mean it's a common teaching the pre-trib rapture I don't even get into it because I don't worry about it whenever God's ready I'm ready to go Until then, I'm going to do what God sent me to do. I don't worry about pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. That's foolishness. I look to the Lord. There's nowhere in Scripture that tells you to look for the pre-trib, rapture, post-trib, or anything else. We do have a hope, and we tell people about our hope. But people, especially those in the theological realm, like to put stuff into Scripture that ain't there. Even the seven-year tribulation, there is nowhere in Scripture that it blanketly tells you seven years of tribulation either. But you can find a dateline from when the dark one, the beast, Revelation 13, comes to power. It'll be approximately three and a half years. He will rule and reign, and then it'll be over. Through church tradition and people in the church and theologians and even doctors of theology who convinced everybody there's a seven-year tribulation, just like they convinced them there is a pre-trib rapture. Now, make no mistake, there's a lot of major denominations that believe that, even my own denomination. Now, I didn't leave it because I was a heretic. I just uh, went on my own. But uh, it wasn't until later on in life that God showed me that this is not true. And I look at the scripture, folks, I see it. But see, you can believe anything you want to because it's up to you. I'm not your God. I'm giving you the truth here. I'm giving you the word. It's up to you. You have to take it and you have to believe what you believe and you have to do what you got to do. So now verse 7 says, as you also heard. Of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ. That shows you that Epaphras was the was a minister there. Who also declared unto us your love in the spirit. So this is another one. He said, who also. So there was more than one who was telling Paul and the boys that these people really had love, really had faith. And they also had the spirit. Because also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, the problem with that verse is don't pray it if you don't want to know it. Because once you know it, you are going to be held accountable. The knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Want that. But what I'm trying to tell you, if he suddenly reveals something to you that you have to make a decision on, and maybe you're not ready to make that, see, then you're going to wind up in a situation where you uh, have a, an in-depth counsel with God at the table of correction. And uh, he will deal with you. Because believe me, um, you're not going to whip God. And if you've got his spirit, remember, the Lord said, I am the vine, you are the branches, and my father's the husbandman. You know what the husbandman does? What I do every summer, what I do every fall, when I'm pruning all my stuff I got out here. He tends to the branches. And of course, I get rid of the ones that are no good, that are dead. Every year I have a whole bunch of dead ones because of my brand of uh, raspberries I got here. And so I got to clip them and I go throw them in the garbage. Now scripture says they get burned. Well, he's talking about Christians with no fruit that are dead in the Lord. So understand there, There's a responsibility here You start praying these things because it sounds good Oh man, that sounds cool I'm going to start praying that well, You better watch out Because God will begin moving in you And in order to get some of his will And his wisdom and understanding in you He's got to remove a few things Because you're hard to hear We're all hard to hear <laughs> Until God teaches you how to listen You see That's the way it works I can, and when I say that, I see my dad, and I loved him dearly. Been gone for a long time, but you know, when I'd get whippings as a boy, he'd take out that two-inch leather belt and apply it to my backside, and tell me how much it hurt hurt him more than it was hurting me. Well, at that time, I'd have gladly taken that thing and hit him with it a few times. But even then, I wouldn't have done it because he's bigger than me and I wouldn't have been able to get very far. But, you know, that's a thought. Well, if it hurts you more than me, give me that belt and let me do it to you then. But you see, when God, you know, you start praying these prayers and we do it in the church, folks. If it's not this phrase, it's another one. There's another one. And I'm thinking of the prophet uh, um, of uh, Ireland, St. Pat. He had a prayer, and it's really popular. Uh, It's a big, long prayer that he prayed all the time. He has Christ above me, Christ in me, Christ to the right, Christ to the left. He puts Christ all the way around. He continues to go real, and he prayed this prayer uh, all the time. In his ministry in Ireland. See, whenever you're praying prayers, know that God is going to work. I don't believe there's a place, anything, where God doesn't hear unless you haven't uh, broached Him right, approached Him rather. So He says. Being filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, why is he saying that? He tells you in the next verse that you might walk worthy unto the Lord, unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. And he goes on. I mean, it's really big. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and the light. Now, you see, I'm not going to read the rest of it because we don't have quite enough time. I'm going to stop there. But one thing in Paul that he does a lot is he has these real long sentences. Now, most of these are continued with a semi call and a next verse. But see, up here, in you might be filled. They pray. Do not cease to pray for your desire. They would be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So you would know it all. Now, what's the purpose? The purpose is so you would walk worthy of the Lord to all pleasing. Did you get that? All pleasing. Now, see. For all those people that think you can just simply go to a Bible school and come out of it and be a perfect preacher. You're wrong. Now, Bible school teaches you how to research and how to do a lot of things and teach you uh A lot of stuff. But there's things only the Lord, through his spirit, can teach you. Once you get out of school, then God has to take you and remove the stuff that you can get rid of and put in stuff you need. Because you can go out of there and you can be a rubber stamp preacher that has no anointing whatsoever. How else can you have people within the churches today leading churches that are on anathema and the glory of God has disappeared because these people have no more knowledge of Christ than the man in the moon. The glory of God has disappeared. It's gone. It's nowhere around them. So the idea is... That by this wisdom and spiritual understanding, you're going to walk worthy. And you're going to be fruitful in everything you do. And you're going to increase in the knowledge of God. You'll be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power because of what? He tells you, unto all patience and long-suffering. Why do you need patience and long-suffering? Because you've got an enemy, and he's going to be doing everything to kill you, to shut you up, to stop you, to oppose you. And if he can't use the spiritual forces, he'll rile up physical people to beat the daylights out of you, to kill you if they can, to kill your kids, to rape your women. See, this is what ISIS and the others will do. But it says that you'll be strengthened, though, when this happens. And that you'll have patience and joyfulness even when they're coming after you. Then he goes on to say, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and light. Now, see, we'll do that one next time, because that's a good place to stop. But you. You know, these are dynamite things. Now, those are good prayers to pray. But you have to understand something. Comes a cost. If you're not willing to pay the price, don't pray the prayer. You need to remember that. If you're going to pray the prayer... then you're going to pay the price. But you'll also reap the reward. Now, see, this this goes for reading the Word of God. This re- goes for a lot of things in life. I remember a, a city that we visited, Tower and I, many, many years ago. And we, we did eventually move there. And we had friends. That's not unusual, but uh, we had friends there and uh, there was this uh, young couple who had, I forgot how many kids, but the woman, we were sitting down with them and the woman was talking, we were all having coffee around the table. and, And she said, you know, we were talking about prayer and stuff. She says, you know, I prayed for patience, and God sent me Roxy. That was her daughter. And she went on to explain how much patience she needed in dealing with that girl. And so the essence of it is, would I really have prayed for patience if I'd have known what would have happened afterward? I'd rather just struggle along and try to become perfect than to get to the point where, man, you know, the only way to solve some of these issues, you got to go into it. And that's how God deals with it. Okay, you want patience? Well, I'll set it up for you. You will go through this at the end. You will have more patience than you do now. And she, she did because she went through it. She raised her daughter. There are a lot of things that required patience. Now, I remember Tower and I raising our own children and in life itself when we were at Bible school and when we were in the ministry uh, when I was a youth pastor and I later on a pastor. There are a lot of things that require patience. And every time we think about patience, we think about that story about how Roxy uh, had arrived. She had gotten pregnant and got Roxy, who required her to have a lot of patience. That's the way God moves. It was, it's an amazing story. A little simple insight for us over the years is that just remember what you pray for. Now, don't forget that this is the beginning of a new series, Faithful Saints, Steadfast Faith, Pursuit of Christ, Part One. We focus on a lot of things like this, because, folks, this is about pursuing Christ and doing it the way he wants us to. I don't get into a lot of theological debates. I don't argue with people. I give you the word of God. You go from there. We're not here for your money. And, uh. You know, we're here to preach the word, been doing it for a long time. And you can go to our websites at warn-usa.com, dana-glynne-smith.com. I have many, many in-depth articles that can encourage you, teach you, and many, many uh, of our radio shows we've made over all these years. And now we're targeting everything. to to the gospel going around the world using the best means possible. And that is through um, the smartphone that most people have around the world. So with all of that, folks, today look up. And we pray that both Tower and I pray that you and your family are getting along okay in this COVID crackdown. They're going to be opening it up. There's a lot of problems that this country faces because of this massive unemployment, huge debt, a lot of problems. But we look to the Lord, folks. And that's where we need to keep our eyes. Father, we thank you for those who hear this when they do. Bless them, Lord, undertaking their lives and keep them, Lord, in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. Amen. For Tower and myself, this is The Watchman. We'll see you next week. Be blessed, folks. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.